So suppose that you were on a journey, let's say you're going to the Grand Canyon, I don't know, and as you're trying to get to the Grand Canyon, this marvelous feature that God has created, that people have been talking about for centuries and so forth, and visiting, suppose you, 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 know, you find um, that you get there, and, and, but when you get there, there's a lot of different lines, and it's very difficult, you've got to have a pass, and you know, you've got to have your COVID test and mask on, whatever craziness. You get there and you're just super disappointed because the path to, in order to get to the canyon, to actually view the canyon isn't clear. It's obstructed and it's really a difficult thing for you. And as you um, really just get frustrated and just walk away from that opportunity, then you find yourself at a place where um, as you're leaving, you come across... Um, another entrance or another way to the Grand Canyon. And this way to the Grand Canyon, there's actually no line. Uh, there's no one, um, you know, kind of waiting there to check your COVID card and all that. There's no obstructions to the view. And you actually get to view the canyon um, without waiting or you just get full access to the Grand Canyon, right? Would you not tell everyone that you knew like, hey, um, if you ever go into the Grand Canyon, like make sure you take this particular route because it's unobstructed. Um, there's no one waiting in line and it's the best way to be able to get this experience. Well, I want you to kind of think about that in terms of what it means to grow as a disciple of Jesus. Uh, there's a trillion different ways that um, we talk about making disciples or there's a trillion different ways that we think about the idea of disciple making. And here, we're just going to kind of simplify it a lot. Um, we're going to break it down into kind of three specific steps. But before we even get to the point where we need to talk about like how to make disciples or the disciple-making process, let's just kind of make a case for making disciples. In John chapter 4, verses 28 through 30, we read that, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, See a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And then they went out to town, of the town, and were coming to him. So they went out to see Jesus. And so just think back to our illustration when it came to the Grand Canyon. Um, we're really frustrated because we've tried all these different ways in order to have this joyful experience. Well, this woman at the well had a lot of different experiences that all failed her. Ultimately, she made contact with the Christ. She actually met him. He came to her, you know, honestly, but she had an experience with Christ that was a genuine, true experience. And for her life, it was the only thing that she'd been searching for that she always failed to do. And what did she do when she found this way? Well, she went and told people. She said, look, I've tried all the other paths out there. I've tried men. I've tried whatever. Um, and none of those things have worked, but this is the true path to joy. This is the true path to peace and happiness. This is the true path to the Messiah. Um, think about what it must have been like for the people who were in her town who knew her to have that encounter with her. Like what, what would they have been thinking, right? And this is what God's people are to do. We need to go out and let everyone know that we've met the Jesus the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who is truly the peacemaker, who, who's come and delivered our souls. Um, in 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 5, verse 20, it reads, Therefore we are ambassadors to Christ, 
God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So there's some really interesting terminology here. It's this idea of ambassadors, but there's two words that we're given um, which kind of inform the effort by which we should be um, spreading this good news about Jesus. So the first word is appeal, and the second word is implore. Essentially, what they're trying to demonstrate is urgency. You know, we are here essentially as foreigners on earth sent to proclaim God's kingdom to this foreign land. And God is giving us the, the means and the passageway to do so. Um, but he's going to expect us to do it in a really proud way as any other ambassadors to a new nation would. And they're going to, to, to spread that message faithfully and honestly. So in terms of making disciples, right, let's go back to the woman at the well. We too, I suppose, have had an experience where we have met the Christ and he has done something miraculous in our lives. And now we know who he is and what he's done for us. If that be true, let's just make the assumption that that is true for you. So then the second question is, well, what's the last time that you made an appeal to someone or implored someone to get to know Jesus? Have you ever gone and tell, right? Like, what does that look like to go, therefore, and make disciples? In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through, 19 through 20, we read that we are to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe and all, observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We see here a couple different um, components of the who, what, when, why, where, and how concept. Well, we see the what. The action is to make disciples. The where is of all nations. How do we do that? Well, we go baptizing and teaching them. And why? Because God has given us the authority and the command to do so. So how do you make disciples? Share the story of the last disciple that you've made. How did it go? What were some of the challenges that you faced? What were some of the victories? And I know this is a hard question, and if you're honest with yourself, like we all should be, um, not all of us do this on a regular basis, right? We don't go out and intentionally sit down with people or spend time with people and talk to them about Jesus and help them to grow in their faith, right? And so everything, everyone knows that they're supposed to make disciples, yet the majority of Christians don't really do that. And there are two main reasons why. And, and as a preacher, I kind of get the privilege or, you know, to, to maybe not privilege is a good word, but I, I, I'm tasked with honesty here. And so I'm going to poke at you a little bit. And here are the two main reasons why people typically don't make disciples. First, they're just self-absorbed. They're only concerned with themselves. Um, the things that are in their lives take precedence. And, you know, they're just too busy to make disciples, right? There's too many other things going on in their life. And, and you know, if I'm honest, uh, I'm going to say that's the majority of us, right? We're just too busy. We don't have time to make disciples. We've got soccer games to go to. We've got... Um, I don't know, furniture to move. We've got a house to paint. We've got work to do. 
we've got coffee to drink. I don't know, you fill in whatever the, the idol is in your heart. And when I say idol for, you know, I'm just trying to be lighthearted about it. But really, whatever that thing is, it's taking the place of just the subtle opportunities that you have in your life to make disciples with that. That's basically just you not seeing it as a priority in your life. Well, the second reason is most people just don't know how, right? They don't know what it takes to make a disciple. They don't know what the steps are to make a disciple. So let's, let's address both of those two main reasons why um, folks don't go making disciples. And again, there are others, I'm sure, right? But at least the first one, if, you're, if, if your issue is self-absorption, um, like if you're just so focused on your life and the things that you have going on, then uh, you need to repent. Right. You, you need to pray and ask God um, to forgive you, because really, if you're not taking up your cross daily and dying to self and just seeking God in all things of your life and really trying to glorify him, then that's an issue between you and Christ. And I can't I can't help you beyond just saying, hey, just repent and go to God and ask him for help to loose you of whatever bondage and chains that you have in your life that don't make the biggest priority of um, of the kingdom a priority for you, right? And, and so that's just going to be a, a fundamental issue that you have with God. If it's an issue of not knowing how to make disciples, then, then, then let us help you with that. Um, I want to give you an illustration and, and tell me what you think. Let's say if um, here next Sunday coming up, you know, we have... A person, some young person, old person, whatever, comes to church and they accept Christ for the first time. And I see you in the lobby and I say, hey, this is Jake. Um, can you take Jake here? He just accepted Christ. Um, can you help him to, to walk through what it means to be a follower of Jesus and just to kind of help him um, just learn what to do next? What would that look like for you? Right. Do you know what to do? Like, what would your plan be for a disciple making yeah it's tough right um i don't want to leave you all with without some tools here so i'm going to give you three steps now this is not the end all be all these are very basics um or kind of an introductory introductory idea into disciple making just three simple steps that you should follow the first is relationship the second is time and the third is scripture first comes relationship. If we follow the model of Jesus, he clearly established a relationship with his disciples. In order to to make disciples, you have to first love someone. You have to know about them. You have to know um, the things that matter to them. You have to know the things that they care about. And, And that's just, that's done through relationship. But relationships also inform how you can help them grow in their life or different areas of need within their life, right? And so um, what you'll also find out through getting to know people is that there are a lot of things that you have in common. And as you're going through your typical life and, you know, your whatever your life nuances are, um, if there are things that you do that are common with the, the, this new disciple, then perhaps you can even merge some of those activities. For example, if you love to jog and they love to jog, then maybe you guys go jogging, right? Um, if you love to play chess and they love to play chess, then maybe you build up a relationship over playing chess, but through that, 
you're actually making a disciple as you're introducing them to Christ and talking them through the process and so forth. Um, and so that takes time, which is the second component of making a disciple, right? You, you're going to need to invest some time in this. Now, how much time? Well, that's really going to be a decision between you and that individual, right? I typically like if it's me and someone comes to faith like the first time in their life, then probably once a week for a good month, I'm going to meet with that individual, right? Um, at least an hour a week. And then after that first month, then once a month, perhaps for six months, I'll meet with them and I'll continue to do that probably for at least six to 12 months, right? It takes time to develop and invest in someone's life, right? And think about the people that have invested in our lives, the ones that have come alongside of us and helped us to grow close like with Christ. That's not a, it's not something that you can just push a microwave button on and get done. It takes time. And the last thing that it takes is scripture. Like, so once you get to know someone through a relationship and you start to spend time with them, then you're going to find different areas of their life where there's issues or brokenness or um, unresolved conflict or, or addictions. Who knows what the issues are, right? You're going to need to know them by spending time with them, but then take scripture and apply it to those issues, right? And, and so you just help them to walk through that. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the the heart, head, hands idea. Well, every one of us has some type of void in our lives um, when we're not in Christ. And so that void leaves typically leads us to go out and seek and and find other things to fill that hole with. Well, that creates trauma and drama, but ultimately sin. And so scripture can speak to those things. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing and of the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Scripture is meant to help us to grow in our faith and to fully pursue what it means to be a Christian, right? Now, something that's not mentioned in here is prayer, right? I want to make sure that that's understood. Like, there should be a time of prayer spent with between you and this person where you're modeling out prayer for them, right? And there should be an, an idea within Scripture itself of you showing them how to read the Bible. There's a bunch of stuff that we could do, but these three focuses relationship, time, and just scripture um, are kind of the, 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 the starting point for us to make disciples. So we're going to go ahead and break down now and go through our discussion questions. Um, I would ask you again just to, to, to remember back to the time that you were new to the faith. What was that process like for you to have someone to come alongside and help you grow in your faith? What an opportunity that we have. Go ahead now and break up into your groups.